to the pod that is United States men's national team focused version of flyover footy. And we have a special guest today. I'm, we're going to get to you in a second, Justin. Uh, but let's say hello to the typical guys. We got to start, start with the oldest who's been absent lately. Santiago, we've been missing you, man. How you been? I'm great. Uh, missing talking soccer with, with the guys. Sorry I missed the last two or three episodes. Yeah, no no big deal. You've been busy with work and some other stuff. Um, what have you been up to more specifically? Well, I've been really busy with work. Uh, had some... Um, trips out of town and i guess you guys always schedule the podcast for when i go out of town <laughs> yeah we try to wait till you're out of town and we schedule a podcast so we don't have to mm, talk i see how it is <laughs> sorry bud uh, so many guys to get together it's just the way it goes and when we're growing and we're growing we're gonna get to that in a second uh jake is back jake b on your radio on your uh usl show podcast and flyover footy podcast <laughs> accidentally how's it going man good i uh yeah i'm uh i'm back you guys then it you guys had me i said a few things and you guys invited me back so i appreciate it <laughs> we we talked we talked over you the entire show <laughs> no like i said i was sitting back there like pushing buttons on the board trying to look, make it look like i was doing cool stuff so no and it worked I mean, it worked it did. It did. I, as I was editing the show, there were several things that Jake did that really made it a lot better. You probably noticed that that was the best sound quality we've ever had in a show. And that was all due to Jake. And it's going to get better because I think we figured out a few problems from last time, too. We'll improve it, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining us, joining us again here, Jake. Um, and we have a new guest for today's show for this USMNT centric podcast. It's Justin Horniker. He's part of Soccer Talk Lads podcast. Justin, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going good. I'm excited, excited and nervous to talk with you guys. Nervous? Why? <laughs> nervous just to talk about the future. That's all I'm nervous yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel that. I feel that. But I, I got good vibes anyway because uh, we mentioned it earlier before we hit record that you're wearing a nice uh, swaggy Venezia jersey, oh, yeah. right? I'm loving it. It actually like fits better than I would have expected to. Sometimes like when you're getting a Euro jersey, you're like, this thing is going to be yeah. tight, but it actually, it's nice. <laughs> Good. No, I like it tight though. I don't think it's cool anymore, but I like to wear yeah. I still buy mediums, even though I should probably upsize, but you know, that's the way it is. Uh, but no, your, your jersey looks real nice and I'm jealous because it's Appreciate on my wish list. Appreciate the support. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, Justin. You guys have been doing really good work with Soccer Talk Lads podcast. I'm, I'm kind of like jealous because it seems like you guys have more time than I do to devote to St. Louis soccer and uh, USMNT. Um, you guys do really awesome stuff. So that's why I wanted to invite you, man. I'm yeah, really appreciate it. No, we get a little bit lucky in that I kind of freelance. I do a lot of my own stuff. So Steven and Ian, my other two co-hosts, are a little more busy than I am. Uh, they also host uh, Two Guys, One Cup podcast, which is a blues-based podcast. So give them a shout. They'll love that plug. But yeah, I have a little more time and I love writing about soccer. Uh, so it kind of get lucky in that way. <laughs> got to say, man, your soccer title is a little cleaner than that, that hockey title that you got going there. <laughs> yeah. They, they had to switch it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny. Um, all right. Hey, let's jump right into the men's national team. We're being real, like uh, we're zooming out today. We're not getting too extreme with, with the details good. today though. Justin, maybe you can uh, help us with that. Um, but let's start with the Mexico game because, um, you know, 
we're all extremely happy. I, I don't know if any American US uh, USA fan isn't absolutely just ecstatic about what happened the other night against Mexico. And um, it just felt like we were for once, maybe the first time in history, we took them on head to head on equal standing, equal tactics. There was no bunkering. There was no lucky goal. We actually beat Mexico in lots of different ways um, on the night. So um, Justin, you're the guest. I'd like to just start with you about your thoughts about uh, USA versus Mexico. Dos Acero. Uh, yeah. I mean, must I, say, right. Right. Dos Acero. Probably like I was thinking about this afterwards. That's probably the best game I've seen of watching American soccer, American national team that I can remember. And just in the terms of beating them up and down the pitch for pretty much the whole game, like people say coming in and scoring that, was something that probably should have happened just with how well we were playing. And then the McKinney goal on top of that to put the icing on the cake. That was the one I was nervous about going in because if you drop points to Mexico, then you're going to a hard game away at Jamaica and things start to become a lot tougher, but they took care of business and you can't say that all the time. Yeah. Jake, what'd you think about the game? Uh, I mean, yeah, it was like, I had such an adrenaline rush, like pregame during the game and then after the game was just euphoria i guess i don't know it was it was a great game to watch it was really exciting even uh i mean the thing that stood out the most was just the pressure they were putting on like high press um we were winning so many balls um i mean first half we we did give away the ball a lot so it was kind of this mixed thing like i think my little brother was leaving work and he made it for the second half but i was texting him when he was on his way home first of all i was like can i send you spoilers are you watching the game like it's good i'll be there for the second half so i was like you got pressing check. really well, but we're not like we keep giving the ball away too. But anytime they gave it away, they were able to get it back. It was just kind of a lot of back and forth, but I, I mean, we had a lot more control. So first half was a little worrying, um, but I mean, overall, yeah, it was, it was great to watch. And it did feel like the best USA game I've seen, especially lately with this team and what we've been working with for the last year or so. Yeah, you mentioned giveaways, and um, I watched some replays, and I was like, man, I can't remember in this replay, it was zoomed out. Were we in the blue or we were we in the white? And um, I was like, no, we're definitely in the white because look at that sloppy footwork. That's not a Mexican wouldn't do that. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, that's Mexico. We look better. <laughs> I was shocked, right? And so um, Santiago, that's where I want to jump to you, man, is I was kind of unbiased for a split, a split second there. And um, while you are in the United States, I imagine you watch the USA cheering for them to some extent. You are Colombian by birth. So I don't know. Are you unbiased or are you biased when you watch these USA games? No, I, I'm unbiased, but but I like to watch. Um, and I was surprised uh, that U.S. beat Mexico for a third time in uh, in the last few months. I was thinking there is no way they can beat Mexico again. Um, I was like, Mexico, they they are gonna be in that mindset like we can't lose three times to U.S. Uh, but U.S. took care of business, as you were saying. First half um, wasn't as good as the first at this as the second one. And uh, Mexico had some chances, um, but uh, U.S. took care of business second half. Uh, and as you guys were saying, like this was one of the guess, best games um, USA has played in the last uh, few games. And uh, I think it's great. Uh, puts them uh, on the right track for making it to the World Cup. I think um, unless they had a, 
a bad streak, um, they are in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's get into specifics here. Um, Justin, why don't you kind of mention a few specifics and we'll kind of go around the table and, and we can talk about some of some things that we noticed from that game. You know, before I get you started here, maybe we can talk about how we did kind of give the ball away. We gave up a couple of Mexico's best chances in the first half, right? And yeah, I don't that... know if we all felt great after the first half, but then it looked a lot better in the second half. Justin, talk about whatever you want in the entire game and we'll just kind of go around the table here. Yeah, I mean, the chance I remember most in that first half, the one that was most worrisome and probably the best chance from both sides was where Alvarez got on the end of that ball from Chucky Lozano that just kind of was at an angle that just beat, just kind of sliced through the midfield and Yedlin had to make a pretty big run to recover and Stefan was able to get to it ultimately. But ball. yeah, that was, that was pretty good. And that's a little yeah. bit worrisome that they were able to kind of take apart just with their movement, that kind of center of the field a little bit. But as the game went on, they were able to fix that and address that, it seemed like. Yeah, the, the press was was effective, but yet I, I would say I've never seen the United States press be so effective against any team ever. And they were even, very aggressive. Yeah, it, it was so fun to watch, right? Um, even in the first half where we, I still didn't feel like super confident, it was fun to watch us really put Mexico under pressure. I saw, um, um, oh gosh, I can't remember who it was that was on extra time. Um, Herc Gomez, or Herc, what is it, Herc? Oh, from ESPN. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. got it right. So he <laughs> yeah. said something. He was like, USA looks like Mexico um, hmm. when they were playing USA um, several games back. And I agreed. Like, we put them under pressure but we were able to get lots and lots and lots of turnovers. They looked bad passing out of the back, which was fun to watch as a USA fan. Um, but even still, there were moments of brilliance like that ball you just mentioned, Justin. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mexico looking good. Yedlin having to make a, a recovery run. Maybe we can talk more about Yedlin in the, in the near future here. Uh, Jake, what were some of the things you, you noticed more specifically in that game? Um. Yeah, I mean, with the the high press, you kind of expect you, you're going to expect the breakaways. And I was, and they did have that one good chance, but that was it. It was like the one good chance, and uh, which which is nice when you like look back and think about like while you're watching the game, it, it was very scary. And just thinking like, okay, well, they could break through, they could break through, and they just kind of never did. Or if they they got close, like Zimmerman just cleaned up everything, and Yedlin had a, a lot of good like runs back to stop it. Like they did the the defense did well to make sure nothing got by him on except like a couple occasions. Um, and then as I was saying over like or earlier, we had the high press and we were doing great with that. We just couldn't create chances though. Like we would win the ball back and then kind of, we like our, it wasn't even like the final pass. It's like, we didn't even get two away from a final pass before we gave it away. So if, if we could have created more opportunities for us and I mean, we should have put some more goals in the net, but it's like, we, We'd win the ball, and then we just can't create anything. Yeah, I agree with that. And there's, you know, that's that's been something that has been a USA thing. And that's I, that was to me like after the first half, I was like, if we see forty-five more minutes of this, where we just can't get the second or final, second to last or final pass in, um, it's going to be an ugly, ugly game. It did turn around, but um, Santiago, anything else you 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 noticed about more specifically throughout that game? I was going to say, um, very well executed game. And yes, even though, um, 
U.S. wasn't created chances. They they stayed with the plan, uh, kept the high press, and uh, it was just a matter of uh, getting a couple of final touches. Um, and uh, they stuck with the plan. And when the man in the mirror, Kristen Pulisic, came in, uh, it was like a, it it was a matter of minutes for him to to score and and put that first goal. And then after that, um, it was it was a different game and. U.S. was able to put it away. Yeah, speaking of different game, you know, when the, when they came on for the second half, I, I was still worried, and and there was, I don't know, the the pressure was there for USA putting it on Mexico as far as the attack at that point, and you almost feel this like building up of pressure that USA is able to kind of get against any opponent, usually the lower opponents, but it, it weirded me out almost that. I thought, well, they're going to have a good spell of play in the first 10, 5, 10, 15 minutes. Like, I felt that way about St. Louis FC a lot, right? Where <laughs> after they come back after the half, they come out hot, right? And if they don't score a goal in the first 15 minutes of, of each half, then you start to worry because it really dies for another 30 minutes, 20 minutes, and then they go hard at the end again. Um, and so I started to worry that that wouldn't come back for USA, but the pressure was constant. and it's when the pressure is constant that you start feeling like there's enough chances that USA is going to put one away and having Pulisic on the pitch really doesn't hurt anything in that way. Right. Um, sure. So Justin, any thoughts about this, the second half once, um, once things looked a little better and even once Pulisic came on. Yeah. I think it really speaks to how good that MMA midfield is together in like their chemistry and the way they can link up play and then link up to Pulisic when he came in way ahead, a really good second half. And then, Pepe was actually playing some nice like flicks and runovers and getting a little bit creative out there too. So it, it is kind of where we do best. Cause if you look back at like past windows or even the game that we'll talk about later against Jamaica, where we don't do well is when we're not linking up those from the back third to the middle of the field and then able to create a chance going forward. And that those three are just so strong together. And that was what I kind of took away most from that game. I think. Especially McKenney. McKenney is like unbelievably our most important player. Yeah, and we kind of saw that when the Jamaica game came, right? Yeah, that he wasn't there. Uh, you know, clearly, you know, he got that that yellow that you know kept him out of the the game against Jamaica. Um, accumulation of yellow cards throughout the tournament. Um, but yeah, you said a lot of things there, Jake. Why don't you jump in and say say some more before I say anything else? <laughs> yeah, well, things. I mean. Back, you're you're rocking your Busio jersey, and during that game, I mean, I'm just a, a big Busio fan. I talked last week about grew up in Kansas, big sporting fan, so uh, I'm all about Busio, and I watched like every Venezia game, and I was really excited when he got the call up for like this window, and I had texted my friend kind of jokingly during um, during this game. It's like I need some Busio up in here, and I was kind of joking. I didn't really mean like, oh, let's get McKinney out, and because we saw like what happened in Jamaica, mm-hmm. I was just kind of like very hyped about the game. I was like, I want to see Busio, but see, seeing them work together, like you said, just very dominant um, and very creative. And Eunice Musa is just insane. I, there was one Twitter account that posted just kind of like clips of each player, uh, like two minute highlights. It was like, just followed one player. And if you just watch that, it's like what his ability to just run through the midfield and go past people. And as an 18 year old is just crazy. And 
very exciting for the next two World Cups, I think, like just to see where him and the rest of the group goes. But it's it's crazy how dominant he was and how how much control he has as an 18 year old. Um, and I think that the youth is what I mean, this is what this team is about youth. And you mentioned it as far as like the pressure didn't stop. And I think that that's a big thing. Like it kind of felt like watching that game. Um, I think it was a talking point before the game. It's like how, how young we are and Mexico is playing a little older squad. And so it felt like, yeah, we can put this pressure on the entire game and we just need to wait for them. We just need to tire them out. And that's what they did. Like they never let up. Yeah. Any, uh, San Diego from an outside perspective, anything about our midfield or any of the other players that stood out to you? Well, no, as, as Jake was saying, this team is so young. Uh, the yeah. future looks really promising. Um, like team is on the right track. Um, I think already qualified for the next World Cup, and um, I think they will. This team will reach its peak in 2026 when U.S. hosts um, the World Cup. So that's exciting. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah, um, Justin, you mentioned how Wea looked especially good in the second half. Mm-hmm. I would also argue that he was probably one of our shining stars in the first half, even when things were a little rough in our attack. I'd say he was one of the more dangerous players willing to take people on, willing to exert his physical dominance, even getting around the edge of, of Mexico. And maybe those were some of the, the weak points in that game. I know there were um, injuries, especially at fullback, right back, um, and in the midfield. I, I, we were able to outrun Mexico in a lot of ways, right? They were weak yeah. at fullback, and our midfield even if you were to argue that there was way less experience and perhaps um, maybe less talent, maybe not, um, we were definitely more athletic than they were right in the midfield. And so we were able to take advantage of that. And something I want to hammer later, once we start talking about Jamaica is that it's really nice that Mexico is kind of the only team we get to face in CONCACAF that we're head to head that neither one is going to bunker on the other anymore. That USA is good enough that Mexico doesn't have to worry about USA just sitting back and countering the entire game that we actually get to watch and from the outside, from a neutral, this is a fun game to watch. Like it wasn't one side. It wasn't one side breaking down the other and the other one hoping for a goal. Um, It was actually good head to head soccer. And so um, I think that, is a massive player in the tournament. And I want to talk about that a little more, but um, you know, from, from an outside perspective, the things that, uh, that USA almost said St. Louis USA has been better at. Um, it's interesting to watch the experience versus the younger, that the athleticism uh, versus, you know, some of the concaffing that happened and, and the experience and, and, you know, the better touch, the better, um, the better soccer minds is definitely on the Mexico side when you watch some of the things that happened, but you know, the desire was there too. Um, Justin, any more thoughts in, in any of those thoughts? No, yeah, you're right on when you watch Brendan Aronson get his eyes gouged at and like, you know, we're not doing that necessarily. <laughs> you gotta learn, you gotta learn about those conditions anyway, but you know, those kids will kids that they, they will get that experience from these games. So it'll only get better from here on out. Hopefully. Who's credit Aaronson didn't really react. I mean, no, he played it well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did well. He's well very mature about it. Yeah. And I think these guys have learned that you, you kind of roll with it, but 
it also did ha- uh, play a part in McKenney, you know, getting his his yellow card mm-hmm. that, that canceled it out. That was the moment, right? Yeah. The CONCACAF happened, and McKenney uh, was out for Jamaica, and perhaps that, that cost us two points if we were to look forward enough, right? In, in a way, if McKenney was the thing that could have taken us over the top uh, against Jamaica, I mean, that was a massive moment for us, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What do you think, Jake? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the moment I, I'm a big Aronson fan too. Busio, Aaron, I mean, I like them all. They're all so <laughs> cool and great. Um, so I think I like jumped off my couch when he's like, eyes were being ripped out. I was like, no, get off him. Um, <laughs> but it, he kind of looked surprised too. Like when it happened, he's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And I think that's just part of the learning. And then like the guys around him too are probably like, what is happening? And it's, I think the fact that we came on so strong um, and we played them so well with like this almost lack of experience, like it's just going to make it better in us better moving forward um, overall, which is just, yeah, exciting. But um, I don't remember the question right before this, but that's, no, no, no. it was I, just, I, I just ranting. remember him, his eyes being engaged. I do. I'll give, I want, I feel like I want to show some love to uh, Zach Steffen. Cause yes, he played a great game. And I think it's been very, cause obviously Matt Turner has been like, the guy he's, he's been playing a lot of games and had some big games over the last few months. And because of that, and because one Stefan doesn't really play for man city, he doesn't get a lot of game time over there. And Matt Turner has been so good and is playing consistently um, in the MLS. I think it was very easy for a lot of people to be like, yeah, Matt Turner's our guy. He's the go-to. And cause I was one of those people too. It's like put Matt Turner in. Stefan doesn't even play. Let's get him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, when the, the selection came out and, and Berhalter even like dropped early that, yeah, Stefan's going to play. And I think there is a little bit of like concern and people were like, why not Turner? He like deserves it. He he's been playing so well for us. Like let's, let's let him just handle it, like handle business like he does. But Stefan really just came out and proved like, no, I'm a great keeper and you needed me in here because he made some huge saves. So I think he deserves a lot of credit. And kind of put me in my place too, because I had those thoughts like, no, we should just have <laughs> me too. Stephen, but me too. I was pissed when uh, Stefan played the last game, and then the goal happened, and and did, yeah, that was in a the weird moment. I wanted yeah. to blame him, and it was, you know, I don't know if it would have been any different, but well, that's, we'll that's talk- I think that plays into it too. Yeah. It's like we've seen Matt Turner play so well, and then last time we did see Stefan, this whole weird event like this whole big thing happened it was very bizarre and very weird and the goal went in and he was kind of a guy you could have blamed or you wanted to blame given all the other circumstances so yeah we'll beat that to death death in just a little bit here uh but I, the one thing that really man first of all stefan didn't have anything close to a giveaway right he do he was a little more conservative as far as playing with his feet but at the same time I've been meaning to track down this clip, but there was like a pass in the 20 or 30th, you know, set of minutes that he passed, not just one line. It was like one and a half lines of Mexican defenders um, to hit someone in our midfield. And they wasted it a little bit. They didn't turn and run. I don't know if they could have, I don't know. It doesn't matter, but what it, it was the only risky pass he really pay, played, but it was an insanely good one too. And that's the kind of stuff that, that, you know, Burr Halter, I think really wants to see us play, even if not now, even if we're not ready for that, 
um, in the future, that's something we're going to desperately want. You know, if we can do that sort of thing against someone like France or Belgium or Germany or something like that, or, you know, say Colombia, if, if they get through here, Santiago, but, um, mm. <laughs> um, but you know, that's something that they, you know, want to have. And, um, you know, we'll talk about Turner and stuff in here in the near future. Um, let's talk about players. San Diego, I'm going to start with you. Let's talk about players. Let's just all name in that first game um, their favorite player and why, or maybe a player that stood out to, to you personally in any way you choose to say it. San Diego, what, who did you like in that game? I um, This is probably going to be like an unexpected selection, but uh, I really like... Um, what Walker Zimmerman did, um, he's doing really well. And um, like this guy, this team is full of guys that play overseas, but uh, it's great to see uh, some MLS guys uh, standing up and doing a great job when they play for the national team. Yeah, an MLS guy really stepping up. There were some, like, he showed his pace in a few spots in that game, right? Where, like, he really saved the day several times. And we all hated on John Brooks for stepping up at the wrong time. And Zimmerman really killed it in that way a few times. And that's not necessarily something I think of him as being amazing at. I think he killed it in so many different ways with his feet. He really didn't put uh, too many steps wrong in that game. I was so impressed. Uh, even this this week on Twitter, Matt and, and all of us were started tweeting about kind of Nashville's roster moves. And I think we'll talk about that next week about GAM versus international slots in Charlotte FC. So, like, that's a really cool uh, talking point for next week. But really good point there, Santiago. Uh, Justin, who, who stood out for you? Yeah, I think for me, it's Phil McKinney. Uh, I think especially when you kind of look forward and see his impact that he, he has when he's not on the field too. And just how strong he is in the midfield and how comfortable he is with those kind of late arriving runs, like what led to that second goal. And I just think he, with his like fire, although it does get him into problems as he's had yellow card accumulation for both Syria and CONCACAF now, uh, it does get him into some issues, but everything was on full display for this game. And you have to love that. I'm going to do what I shouldn't do here, Justin. Yeah. Um, I, I have trouble with McKenney as far as like noticing exactly what he's good at. Um, Cause there are moments in possession where he can struggle, but then again, like there are just undeniable moments, right. In a game, mm -hmm. like we saw against Mexico where he just makes that, that move, right. That final move like it whether it's the pass before the goal the goal itself uh the pass before the pass the assist so what do you see in, in mckenny more specifically uh, as far as what do you see in him that you yeah really i think like? it's a lot of honestly i think it is a lot of those like intangibles right things that you might not necessarily notice unless you're like specifically watching him or watching the play as it develops he has a lot of composure on the ball that i think sometimes we miss and especially in those times like we saw in jamaica where you know things are bouncing around things are going back and forth where and i think especially with his partnership with tyler adams they both do a really good job playing off each other and i think you almost notice that more when he's off the field versus on the field that's a bit of a trick. Sense. yeah no it absolutely does and that's a bit of a trick question we're going to come back to exactly those thoughts here mr venezia jersey over there uh for the All jamaica right. game uh jake one last player. Who did you like in this game? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like this was the guy of the window, but Tim Weah. Um, mm. yeah. He created 
I mean, created so, had so many good runs. I, I don't want to say like he did create a lot of opportunities, but it was a lot of like when he got the ball, he knew what to do and he knew how to get around his opponent. The assist to Pulisic was I watching the replay. I was like, I don't know how he got that around the defender because he was like a foot off of him and he looked like he was right in the way of where he should have kicked the ball and still somehow he got around like blows my mind. But he was, and yeah, same thing with Jamaica, which we'll talk about later. He was amazing there too. Um, amazing is in quotes because he was he was good. He was a good player. <laughs> we'll get to that. But yeah, I think Tim Way was he was great. Yeah, and I liked him in, in both games for sure. He's able, yeah, he's able to. I don't think he's a polished player, right? Like everything I, he did, it was just like he's gonna cause trouble everything he does he's gonna push hard even like the cross for the goal that he had dude had his head down the whole time it wasn't like he had his head up was like looking for the runner he was trying to beat his defender and then he sent it in right and and the guy was there and was able to to get it in so i don't think he's incredible but he just like is always able to get shots on goal or interesting creative passes and um, even just like doing his due diligence, getting the ball where he's probably told to cross it in. Um, the dude's amazing. And, and I think Leal has been able to shape him into a player with his skills. That's just been like perfect for him. It's a really good place for him to be and to compete for minutes there. Um, I think we should move on to the Jamaica game though, because I think we were all ecstatic about that game, uh, against Mexico. We were able to take someone on head to head and then, we went away in a CONCACAF tournament to a nasty field to a bunker team that was just going to lump it forward and hope for the best. And they have a premier league striker that they just called in. Right. So we had a hell of a fight in this game. Um, a lot of things against us. And, and I don't know whether or not to put all of that. I don't know whether to say that all of those things are good excuses or bad excuses uh but but justin what were your thoughts from this game yeah i mean like if you take the whole window like on itself and you would say all right you're gonna come out of this with four points you're gonna win you're gonna draw and you're gonna win at home you're gonna draw away okay that's the perfect that's what we need to qualify that's all we need to do but then you're watching the game and you're seeing the wasted opportunity that was how we played in that first half hour versus after the Mikel Antonio goal that just kind of threw everything helter-skelter in a way, and they just couldn't get that rhythm back they established early. And I don't I don't necessarily know if you can put that on one person. I think it was just like a total team collapse in a way of not being able to play the ball forward at a certain point without turning it over. A lot of bad passes, right? Yeah, do a lot we, of bad do, passes. Do we think? Do we attribute that to the field at least in the first half? I think you or have maybe to throughout right? the whole game. Yeah. I felt, I felt like it, but to what extent do you expect someone of their level level to figure it out? Only mm-hmm. because I only said that because Mexico has been figuring it out a little bit better than us, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say because. And going away at CONCACAF, we all know it's a difficult thing to do anyway, but with this caliber of player that we have now, you would think that they would be able to overcome some of that and overcome some of those bad conditions just with how good of players they are. But maybe that comes with experience and growing and getting through this cycle and onto the next one. <laughs> Could be. What do you think, Jay? Yeah. yeah, I mean, if if field conditions were causing them to pass it, that like you still think they would be skilled enough to i don't know maybe work 
work yeah. it through the midfield with tighter passes or something. Like you, I don't know. Especially coming off the the Mexico game where everything was fantastic. I was just like right. I think we we're all just riding so high, and then to get in that game and want to hear the Vuvuzelas, Vuvuzelas, which were ruining my life. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe that, maybe that was it. Cause it ruined my experience for the game. So maybe it ruined it for them. Um, yeah, it was just really hard to watch and I was not entertained. I wasn't excited. I was just like, what is happening? And this is so bad. And it's like, it, it's a little concerning. Cause I mean, our whole, our whole qualifying, like it hasn't been great. And then watching Mexico, it's like, this is what we can be. Why can't we do this? in every game and that, that seems pretty worrying like the how good we can be and then how like how, how much we can drop especially after one of the best games ever it's the frustrating part of it anyway yeah yeah, it's, yeah. and then and i'm looking back i'm like and because we haven't had a great run in qualifying it's like we probably should be winning more and we feel we feel like we should be winning more especially watching the mexico thing so it's just like uh, i don't know i don't know if that's like the, a player thing is it a conky cap thing is it a coach thing um I don't know. It's just worrying because I, I was like feeling so good and then it dropped so low and now I'm concerned for the future. <laughs> now, now the ne- like our next games worries me a little more. Exactly. Yeah, Sam, I'm with you. Um, and we'll talk about Canada, right? I think we'll, maybe we'll finish with talking about Canada, but mm. Santiago, this is where you really shine here. You were talking about Colombia before, um, before we started recording. And this is a team that's been on the up. For years now, right? Looking better and better in Commabol in the last several years. One of my favorite teams in South America, even before I knew you, Santiago. That's, that's not me just sucking <laughs> that's up. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you just mentioned that they've been having trouble scoring. Even a team as as um, talented as they are against a team like Paraguay, it it makes me feel better as a USA fan with the struggles we've been having. That Colombia, who's a few years ahead of us, I feel like. Um, is having those same struggles in South America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as I was saying, Colombia um, hasn't scored in the last few games, and somehow is still in fourth place, uh, which uh, will qualify it for the World Cup. But yeah, teams go through um, those kind of streaks, and for Colombia, it's just uh, the wrong moment for that to happen. But if you think about when US started um, these uh, qualifying rounds, like um scoreless draw against el salvador again and then uh mm. draw against canada and there was a lot of talk about uh the lack of goals uh the the amount of uh chances the u.s was created but was created but then uh things clicked and um u.s is starting uh putting uh, some performances together scoring some goals then uh ricardo pepe uh came in and scored a few goals uh that's a player um that I really like and I, I really get excited when I see him play. Mm-hmm. Um, too bad that he hasn't scored lately, but uh, I think he's going to be great uh, for the national team. Yeah, I like mentioning Pepe there. Um, I like him. I, I, I think USA is such a struggle at striker that he just seems to edge everybody just a little bit in every category, right? Not the least of which being scoring goals for the United States, right? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Santiago. But, you know, we've got struggles. We've got struggles. I guess the point I want to make before we kind of do another round here is that the things that we were good with against Mexico – 
were things like pressing. Well, when we pressed, they kicked it long ball forward, right? They didn't worry with that. They weren't going to mess with that. And then when um, something else we were good at with um, Mexico was like maybe building through the midfield and not running them in the midfield. Well, the field was a little bit nasty. We weren't able to connect passes like we were able to before. A lot of bad first touches, which perhaps that's an American thing, right? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But all of our strengths against Mexico were kind of nullified against Jamaica for different reasons. And again, maybe those are excuses. I don't know, but I know that we weren't able to play the same game against Jamaica away as we were against Mexico. And the way we had to play against Jamaica is the same thing we faced against a team like Panama, El Salvador, Honduras is going to be the same way. These teams are going to bunker against us. We're going to play in a terrible field. We're going to have guys showing up at our hotels at night. We're going to have (laughs) terrible conditions um, with the fans screaming at us, throwing things at us. And so these challenges in CONCACAF are real. Um, I didn't quite buy in until I saw that Ben Wright, one of our best friends um, in soccer, um, who does a lot of great work for Nashville, um, posted home and away games in UEFA competition versus home and away games in CONCACAF uh, competition. And pretty much all the wins turned to draws and all the draws turned to losses as far as um, what it was like playing away from home. And so when you hear Burhalter say something like, we got to draw away, we're happy with that. And then we look at all the other chances Jamaica had to win that game on top of drawing it um, on a freak goal. I mean, a lot of worries there. Again, I'm coming right back to this. Like, are these excuses? Are they legitimate challenges that every team is going to face in our region? Jake, let's start with you. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, I mean, people get, con- teams get concacaf like it's a thing. I think we know it's a thing and it's easy to see. Um, but I think looking at this Jamaica game specifically coming off of Mexico and how well we played, if you looked in the crowd, besides the Vuvuzelas, there was like hardly anyone there. They're very far from the ground. So, I mean, they weren't like throwing stuff and it, it didn't seem like that much of a rowdy crowd. So if like, you want to blame the CONCACAF crowd, it was pretty chill, especially compared to, I think the conditions, like all these guys play in Europe. And when they go to like packed away games, like they would be used to noise and people yelling at them and stuff. So I think, Specifically, the Jamaica game shouldn't have had that much effect on them in that sense. Um, yeah, I mean, them bunkering down and a little harder to work around, but also, like, you would hope that they would have enough experience to be able to, like, keep a little more possession um, and, like, quality possession to work it around more and eventually break it down. Um, and then also, like, it was a, I mean, Jamaica was really physical. That was one thing they did well, is like they came at us and they went hard on tackles and uh, I thought the ref was pretty good as far as like giving out some cards early to try to settle it down. But it was still like, they, they still went pretty hard, but also they just played Mexico where Aronson had his eyes gate gouged out. So it's like, I don't think, I think looking at this specific Jamaica game, it seemed like something they should have been able to handle, been able to get through and play well enough to get the win. So I think in a way draw in CONCACAF, Typically, yeah, we'll take that. But I think this game specifically, given others like the Mexico game, it's like we should have been able to handle it a little better, I felt. 
What do you think, Justin? Yeah, I think it's valid. And I do think that we maybe as fans don't understand like how hard that travel is for these players too. And I think that's something that maybe we do need to take into effect. Like when you take a player that's club form versus their international form, a lot of these players are flying over an ocean and then also having to fly from Cincinnati to Jamaica and then back. And I think that, you know, it does deal with your legs because it throws off your recovery cycle. It throws off your sleep cycle. And you know, like you said earlier, Phil, you know, sometimes you can't even sleep in your hotel because they're messing with you. And I think that does, it does lead to those environmental factors of yeah. Away games, concap do that difficulty level is pumped up a bit, but you can still boil it down to, there are plays on the field. There are ways that we played in this game that just did not work with how we played against Mexico, that aggressive, that press was aggressive. We were able to get a lot of good play out of our fullbacks, pushing that ball up. And we didn't get either of those against Jamaica. Our fullbacks were not very good and were very mm-hmm. susceptible along the wings that that's where a lot of their chances were coming from. And those aren't necessarily environmental factors. It comes down to play and how they were set up. Completely agree. When I said a bad first touch, um, Anthony Robinson was oh one God. that came to mind. <laughs> and Yellow's crosses were mostly bad, unfortunately, mm-hmm. whereas he had some good ones in Mexico. So, you know, I don't who knows which which version of Yedlin is the true one. Um, Santiago, any thoughts about CONCACAFing? I mean, it's not like South America doesn't have its challenges either. We've seen some crazy stuff happen with buses and fireworks and, and mobs and things like that. So I don't know. What do you think about all the things they were just talking about? No, playing away in CONCACAF is definitely difficult. Um, the crowd wasn't really a factor in Jamaica, but then you have the, the field conditions and uh, the Jamaica being a more physical team uh, and not letting the U.S. Uh, play the, the game. That they, If you think about the way USA play against Mexico, like they couldn't play that way against Jamaica. Jamaica... Um, had a lot of fouls and was more physical, more interruptions. But um, I think, like, yeah, obviously you always want to to win, especially after beating Mexico and the previous game. But I think a point away um, is good. And um, considering the conditions and uh, like all the tra- as, as uh, Justin was saying, like all the traveling, the players had had to go through and all of that. Like uh, it just um, when they got to a game probably tire legs and uh i will take the point yeah you know i think some of the other thoughts that i've been torn about i I completely agree with you santiago i think you broke that down perfectly but um if if mikel's goal was the only goal and the only main chance jamaica gets in that game then sure a draw like okay um Mm -hmm. if we had a bad game which i feel like we kind of did right all the bad to all the things we just talked about um you draw to Jamaica, they, they rough it out. They physicality use physicality and, and lumping it forward. Lucky goal in a way. I mean, lots of talent there. Right. But at the same time, that's not going to happen every single game. That's it. That's fine. Right. But then the, the chances given up in the last 20 minutes of that game are the real story here, right? Where we shouldn't have allowed that our defense really should not have allowed that. Even if, we're trying to push forward and break something down and we are more bare in the back. It doesn't matter. We that's those are the moments we need to step up. And, and it felt like there was a difference in intensity versus Jamaica. Um, and I do agree. Like they were physical. The midfield is, is not overrun against Jamaica, right? It, he's a USL 
um, defensive midfielder, Speedy Williams, but the dude's named Speedy Williams for a reason, right? <laughs> there, there are ways where he, a guy like him, even though he's not as talented as Tyler Adams, he's going to function in a way that can, can beat a team like USA when you bunker. So I don't know, all those thoughts combined, should we have won this game? Probably. Right. Should we have allowed that many chances to Jamaica? No. Was that a foul in the box? Uh. (laughs) No, it was not. I think we can all agree with that. Right. These are very scary thoughts. And, and, and that's what I just want to kind of move on to the next topic with is, you know, did we deserve the draw? Is this something, are these thoughts, the sort of things that are going to continue to haunt us? Yes. We just looked amazing versus Mexico, but Justin, what are we going to do against Honduras and Panama and El Salvador? And when we see them again, they're going to do exactly what Jamaica did, right? Yeah. And like, you know, everyone knows that's what we're susceptible against. I, it always harkens back to how like Manchester United play under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and like this oh, no. idea that like everyone knows that if you bunker on them, that they can do absolutely nothing to break it yeah. down and be creative and break up those lines. And I think us are in a similar way. Obviously there's more tactical familiarity there and Greg is somewhat of a better coach, I think, but at least on the national team level, but it has been a blueprint of how to frustrate this team and how to at the very least put us off our game a little bit is to hunker down, not, you know, lay off that intensity a bit so that maybe we lay off too. And then you can kind of catch us on the counter. Santiago, again, I want to kind of compare to Colombia. Is this a similar problem to what they're seeing and and how do you compare that? Or what are your thoughts on USA as well? Um, No, it's, it's not, it's not a similar problem problem um it's just uh, for colombia it's just lack of uh creating chances and when they create chances uh putting them away um it's not like yeah if you play like uh bolivia yeah bolivia is gonna hunker down and and wait but um the games colombia played recently uh like Paraguay, yeah like paraguay um they can hunker down a little bit sometimes but um that's not it's not the same as as you will see like when USA plays El Salvador or Jamaica or anything like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit different, but uh, what, what was the other question? Sorry. Oh no, just like your general thoughts and, and my worries that I was expressing there about USA. Is that something that uh, you would worry about as well? No, I, I think USA is fine. Um, I was thinking um, like um, before we, we started talking, I was like, can you believe that USA like now is where it is like a second Mm -hmm. place but if you go a few games back if you go to the game against Honduras Honduras was was up after the first half and uh people were pissed like if you went to social media people said oh Berhalter is the worst coach ever he needs to be out and then uh you know what happened usa scored four goals and you know like winning cures everything and now everything is fine but um just a game just to have how everything changed uh for the u.s and then at uh, this last window uh, a big win against mexico and and this tie against jamaica and i think u.s is in great shape i i w- i'm not worried at all about USA uh, making it to a World Cup. And yeah, there are a lot of things that could be improved, could get better, but 
there will be time to to work on that and and get better. Uh, I'm so glad you said that, Santiago. It's it's a rant I've been wanting to go on, and I'm going to make it real short. But that we need to judge. I think I think the results are like almost shaping how we need to like adjust our expectations. That just be and again, I guess I'm kind of kind of repeat what I said earlier. Just because Mexico is the best team in CONCACAF region, surely we all agree with that, right? I mean, maybe USA is starting to nip at their heels. But they're the best. But the way we get to play them in some ways makes it easier to beat them, right? In some small ways, it makes it easier to beat them. And maybe we need to start looking at these teams that can bunker. It is such an advantage to be able to sit back and defend and nip a goal away from someone. It is just easier, right? USA has lived on it against Mexico in the past, and it's changed now. This is the first game we didn't have to act that way in a game against Mexico. So maybe our expectations need to change. That our big challenge, yes, Mexico, we got to beat them in some ways, but really like breaking down defenses away, maybe our biggest next goal, maybe that needs to be our focus in the near future, more so than beating Mexico. It needs to be breaking down these teams that we should be destroying, but it's just so hard to get those goals. That Man- Manchester United um, parable, I mean, that was such a good comp there, Justin. What do you think, think about, about it often, that? unfortunately? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but what do you think about that? And, and what do you think about us uh, going forward as far as one last well, I, I think it. it's a really good point. I would also say that we're in an area where we haven't been before and that a lot of these players, instead of, you know, a few of them going into top five leagues, a lot of these players are going to leave this camp. They're going to go back to play in their top five, their champions league team, and they're going to experience playing against a team that's going to try to bunker against them. So I think Mm -hmm. while that is going to be an issue for the U S I think we're also kind of privileged in the fact that these players are going to go back to their club teams and get good experience doing this, exact thing that we're going to need to do against the El Salvador's and Honduras's in the future. One thing though, our, none of our strikers are up against. No, teams. That's that one is, good point there. And Pepe's not playing anymore. And <laughs> so on that note, I'll, I'll jump in a little bit. I'm not necessarily calling for, for halter to, to go like some people at some times, maybe, or maybe when I finish this thought, that's what it's going to sound like my opinion is, but I think like, that's the key. Like, yeah, our, all of our players are going to go back and play against these teams, but Berhalter's not, and that's what he needs to figure out. And I think playing against Mexico and beating Mexico, like that's how he wants to play. That's how we all want to see us to play, but you're right. Like we're going to play against teams who are just bunkering down. So that's like, I think before we can be like, yeah, fire Burhalter, he sucks. Like, let's see. We need to see if he can figure that out. If he can, fantastic. That's exactly what we need. And obviously against Mexico, we see that we can do the high press. We see that we can have some control. We see that we, we can work it around. But now we got to work it through someone parking the bus. I think that's the big challenge for Burhalter. Um, and it's like you have to get over this one hurdle and then we get to the World Cup because that, that's what's going to, we're going to play these different teams. We're going to have to switch up styles and tactics game by game because yep. when we say we play a belgium that's that's big belgium or any anyone else like it's probably going to be a little more like mexico and maybe we will have a better chance hopefully but they're also going to come at us like super hard so i mean who knows what's going to happen but yeah he's got to figure out this i think it's more on burhalter 
than the players. Like, and then if he doesn't do it, then cool. He's out, but well, but my point is we get so mad at him for individual games. San Diego, I think you nailed it. That's, that's what I meant to get out of this is like, we need to grade him on the whole. No American coach in CONCACAF has looked good on the whole. No Mexico coach has looked good in CONCACAF on the whole, right? If we'd grade him game to game to game, it's meaningless. It is worthless, in my opinion. That's the point I'm trying to make here, that if we're in the top three, God bless it. I mean, we're, we're in, right? That's the goal is just get in. We don't get extra points for getting first or second. Just get into the tournament. And, and uh, Jake, just like you said, exactly. Like, focus. Like, learn along the way. How can we play against teams that are more on our level in the near future here, hopefully, if we if we do it in Qatar? What do you think, Santiago? Yeah, um, I agree with you. Um, you have to look at, like, instead of one game at a time, look at, at the whole outcome. And, and yeah, U, USA will figure it out. Uh, it has, it's going to have games, like another run of games against El Salvador, Honduras, uh, and uh, figure out how to play against these teams that, that bunker down and, and don't let you uh, play much. Um, but there is time and uh, there are a lot of games coming up and, USA will figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I think that's enough for that. I, I just looked at the time. I have really enjoyed this fellas because I had no idea. We've already filled about like 50 minutes, 45 minutes. So let's move on to another topic here. Uh, viewership and games on ESPN. The fact that this game almost didn't get played on ESPN two on time <laughs> is effing ridiculous. Right. Um, Jake, you put in some numbers here. Um, yeah. They did get, they did bump the college game, right? Thank God. But the pregame was not there for ESPN. Would we prefer this be on Paramount and you get tons and tons of exposure like we did for Jamaica? That was nice, right? What, what do you think, Jake? If you want to kind of talk about uh, your numbers there. I mean, Paramount versus ESPN. I like the ESPN pre-show a lot better, which was on ESPN Plus, which is what I was watching. Um, and the, <laughs> I thought it was going to just roll in automatically, like start. And then I had to switch over to ESPN too. And then that's when I got hit with the delay and I was like, what is going on? What is happening? <laughs> um, but as far as the, the numbers, I, I mean, the numbers I put in here, it was 4.2 million viewers across Univision, uh, TUDN and, e and ESPN2 combined. So that was all of them. And 1.3 million was specifically ESPN2, which doesn't include the, the ESPN plus streaming numbers because those weren't available. Um, and I just spit out all that like I'm a big data statistics guy but i found that on a tweet so i don't know a bunch but <laughs> i do know like the 1.3 million specifically on espn2 um like surpassed there was a, a big basketball nba game that night and so that was the big deal it's like we got more viewers in the usa mexico game which you would hope right but we probably would have had a lot more if they would have put the pregame show on because then you, you didn't get any like carryover like that's 1.3 million people who are specifically like there's this USA Mexico game on and I'm sitting here watching this. Was it a football game? It's like, I hope they're going to switch over, but imagine like if, if it was on biggie normal ESPN, or if they did put the pregame show on there, it's like, you probably would have got a lot more. Cause there could have been the casual fans who are just flipping through and they're like, Oh, USA is playing Mexico. That's a big deal. Cause I think most of the general public knows that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, even if it said world cup qualifying, they probably would have thought it was 
the World Cup, the real one. And they would have been like, oh, this is cool. This is big. And then, then that number could have been 2 million. I don't know. But I, I still, with the negativity, those are some pretty good, pretty good numbers. Anyone else? No, I agree. Uh, it was a bit jarring. I tuned into the broadcast and saw football. I turned into Univision just to watch <laughs> what they were saying and uh, watch the start and the national anthem and everything, and then flipped it back in time. But yeah, it was a bit jarring. Not knowing where to find the game, it's always an issue. <laughs> yeah, it takes you back to early USL days for oh, me, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I was just, it's real. I mean, the bump is real. I, even if someone is listening to this thinking that's a bit of a long shot, what Jake said, I think it's absolutely real that um, I was just talking to someone who would know numbers, right, about ESPN Plus and ESPN2 and uh, ESPNU and a lot of USL games will um, they'll kind of choose who gets to play um, show those games on the better channels when each team kind of gets a shot at that to some extent in the USL and the number bumps are real. Like people legitimately do like turn on ESPN and just look for a game that looks interesting. And if it says world cup on it, absolutely guys are going to click on that. So I totally agree. It's nice that we beat them right out, even without the pregame being on. But again, I'd be interested in, in more and only more viewership is going to, you know, it's money guys. So, you know, spread the word to your friends. If you want to start watching it on ESPN <laughs> one, you want to hear Taylor Twelman before and, and during the game. Um, it's, it's up to us to maybe kind of make it better. Soccer still has absolutely not made it in the United States. That's, that's the truth folks. Um, yeah. this is still too nerdy a podcast. Um, it needs to be mainstream <laughs> right, for this to be legit. So, um, you know, there's that. What do you think, Santi? Well, I, I agree with, with Jake. Um, the pregame is, is a big part of it. And if you had the pregame on, on ESPN or ESPN two, instead of, uh, ESPN plus, very chances to to capture the casual fan and uh, people like will learn a little bit more about the players and what's going on and what's at stake uh, instead of just watching the game without any background or anything like that. So I think the pregame um, is very important and um, the networks could be doing a better job uh, at that uh, if they want to capture more fans uh, in the long term. Yeah, so we mentioned watching pregame on ESPN Plus, and if you did, a lot of talk has been going around about the national anthem and how loud it was, how great it was. Um, I think Scuffed and Watkey kind of like ranked the best sounding um, national anthems in uh, all the four qualifying games, and Columbus was one of the worst. Right, it used to be that Columbus was the place to be for a U.S. qualifying game in the United States for a home game. Well, Cincinnati had a hell of an atmosphere there. Right. And it's still, and so it got me thinking, well, there's another Midwest town that's kind of starved for good soccer. Sorry, FC Cincy fans, but they want to um, see a winner. Yeah, exactly. Was that the first win? That was the first home win, right? Is that true? Might've been the second. It was like, yeah, first the second. it was, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to hit them too hard. They get plenty of hate, but, um, you know, of course, it got me thinking St. Louis' stadium is going to be done well ahead of 2023. What kind of qualify or sorry, what kind of games can we get from the national teams, whether men's or women's? And what kind of crowd do you guys think would show up, Jake? I think this is a perfect one for you to start on. Uh, I mean, I would hope that we would show up. And I, I don't know. I For me, I mean, part of 
I guess I, I was going to say being an insider sports fan, but last episode I, I talked about how I've been a, a fan from the, from afar the whole time and didn't show up to anything. But I mean, th- we, we have hosted a lot of like national team stuff, specifically the women in St. Louis before. And I think, as you said, like since he like starred for good foot, like football, soccer, this is a, like a city that's, I guess more star for like the top level. Cause like we show up for the little stuff. I would completely expect us to show up and be, be, be up there on Cincy level, if not more for, for a, it, say we get a U.S. men's national team game. I mean, they, I didn't go to the, the women's one at Bush stadium, but wasn't that like, that was pretty packed or sold out or so I, I would think, I don't know me being from, I'm, I'm not given a good pitch, but I would feel like we would, we would kill it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Justin? I'm sold. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've, <laughs> uh, we've done well with national games before. Like, why would we not? Yeah. Especially with the new stadium. You can unpack that thing and it's going to be loud. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I mean, you just said everything in five seconds, what I said in two minutes. <laughs> well, like 30, we've had like 30,000 fans and up depending on the game, right. Mm. For every single major game that's coming to town, whether it be premier league teams, what Liverpool, Roma, Bosnia came in, um, women's national team at Bush yeah. stadium. I've watched a lot of worthless Collins. games at a ton of people there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think the one thing that comes to mind though, is that I'll never forget when I went to the world qualifier, um, St. Vincent and the Grenadines in Bush stadium, had like 40,000 people. It was yeah. loud as hell in there and it wasn't a great environment, right? It was, no, that field is not good. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. We conquered them in a way, although I don't know. It's what it is. Uh, thank God we won, right? But um, uh, the other thing that kind of comes into play here is that there was a lot of ruckus being t- thrown around about the fact that they chose Cincy because it's just they want to have an advantage over Mexico. They didn't want too many Mexico fans. And, and I, this is not something I like about my city. This is something I hate about my city, but we're one of the least welcoming immigrant communities in the country, right? There are not many Mexicans here. There are not many Latinos here, Santiago, you can speak to this, right? Um, and I would love to hear your opinion on this for sure. And I don't want to talk out of place, but I would say that that's probably true. Um, and whether you like it or not, this might be a really good option if you're looking to play Mexico in a place where there aren't many Mexicans. It worked in Cincy. I'm sorry to say that it would probably work in St. Louis. So, um, you know, I think we'd have a very good home fan selection, um, a good home crowd, uh, be that what it may. Santiago, what do you think about this? Yeah, so I think St. Louis will definitely show up. Uh, and just thinking about the advantage of having games here in St. Louis, you're right. Um, St. Louis doesn't have a big Hispanic population. So if the, if the goal is to have that environment where you don't have a lot of uh, Mexican fans, uh, St. Louis would be a, one of the cities where that can be accomplished. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about is, um, and you guys probably read about this or heard about this is um, like USA and Mexico won't play each other against, uh, when we will not play against each other until the qualifiers for 2030, mm-hmm. since they will be both hosting uh, the 2026 World Cup. So in terms of St. Louis, having 
big games, obviously the possibility of World Cup qualifiers won't be there for a while. So I'm not sure what those big games will be. Maybe a Gold Cup, Gold Cup uh, or no. some big uh, friendlies against maybe um, if USA is playing like a, like a, I don't know if that's even possible, but bring uh, like Belgium or um, Germany or a big team. Um, but uh, I'm sure, um, I'm sure, uh, like, you know, like this ownership group thinks about everything. I'm sure they will think about a great way to uh, to bring people to the stadium and, and bring a big event uh, or a, a big game. You're right. It's almost a moot point. I'm, I'm actually regretting that I even brought that up because it's controversial comments for no reason. Um, we're not going to play them for a while. So um, that's that. Any other thoughts about St. Louis and... World Cup qualifying. I think this is our last chance to kind of fit any topic in that you'd like. Jake, it looked like you were ready with something. Well, I was just going to, I mean, you jumped on like the ownership group for city and how they, I mean, they, they're doing a, I would say they're doing a pretty great job so far. Um, but the, they, they think of everything. Like you said, they, they think of everything. And uh, at one point we were going to get in, oh, I guess we were going to talk about it, but none of us actually went to the, the thing at Amsterdam, <laughs> Amsterdam Tavern, the watch party, but stuff like that. It's like, they're already thinking about this stuff. And if they're going to host a and sponsor a party that's at our local soccer bar, it's like, yeah, they're probably already thinking about what they can get moving forward when the stadium's done, what, what games we can get in, what friendlies and, and whatnot. I mean, not specifics, but they're probably already thinking about that. So I trust them to make it happen. And maybe Lutz can pull some strings. Germany versus USA would be pretty fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll see what he can pull up. We'll test his, uh, <laughs> his fame, right? Justin, what do you think? Yeah, I would buy those tickets as soon as they go on sale. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my St. Louis season tickets better get me first dibs, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the post today, maybe we'll do a friendly against Stuttgart. Yeah, oh, that would be that would be so much fun. Yeah, good call. I love that. I said it on Twitter. I'll say it again that I love that like St. Louis Stuttgart connection. Just the cities, right? Not the sporting clubs yeah. or anything. Just the cities. It's cool. <laughs> Any other thoughts, Justin? I, I, I'm really glad you were here to join us. I thought all your comments were amazing today, man. Thank yeah, you. well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I always like talking men's national team, and especially while it's because we're not recording until a little bit later. So it's nice while it's still like fresh in my head to get some of that out there. <laughs> yeah. And again, I mean, I said it online, but um, Justin, you guys do such a good job with Soccer Talk Lads. You guys are have a great podcast. You do a lot of research and you, you ask like every time I see a tweet from you guys, like asking a question or saying something. Um, I just think it's so spot on. I really enjoy what you guys do. So again, yeah, try to be a little less hot takey, you know, a little more. (laughs) Shoot. You know what? Actually we can't go yet. Sandy, I'll go. You're going to get your last uh, say here in just a minute here, but I forgot that I think your podcast, maybe one of your other guys asked who the fourth midfielder would be. If MMA can't happen, if one of them's missing, who fills in? Wasn't that one of your guys who asked that? Maybe I did see that on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should look it up. I'll, I'll give you credit in a second right. here, but, um, Justin, I want to start with you. If, if Wait, what if he asked the question, he can't answer it. If you, Justin, yeah. did you ask that question? Maybe I did. Was that you? I don't remember that at all. So did you tee this up for yourself? <laughs> I'm not going to hit it out of the park. So that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with you anyway here. I want, I want to hear what you have to say. 
Yeah, I mean, I liked what Busio brought to the table. So if you're going to be missing, you know, let's say, again, just for the sake of argument, if you're going to be missing Musa, I like Busio and what he brings to the table. I don't know if he's necessarily aggressive enough yet. And I don't know if that's a confidence thing or if that's just where he is in his game. And that's something that you miss out. And obviously we missed that out on that in Jamaica. And like maybe Kellen Acosta just because against teams where you need a little more intensity, a little more aggressiveness, he brings that more than Busio does. That'd be kind of my, my thought anyway, as of now. Jake? Uh, I would, I mean, as the, the Busio fan, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Busio, I, he'd be my go-to, but I think kind of what you said, like almost come in for Musa. It's like hard to replace McKinney or Adams. And it we really kind of saw yeah. without, without McKinney, it's like, I don't think Busio quite filled that role that we needed him to do. Um, but like, I'm, ho- I'm hopeful. And I think maybe a little more experience or playing with those guys more, he can get that. Cause what he's done at Venezia has, has been great. Like that's yeah. why I was so excited. Cause he's been playing great for Venezia. They played against Roma. Their last game was against Roma. And he was like man in the match almost like he just, he ran it. Like he was, he was great. So yeah, I would say Busio is who I would want to come in. I just don't know if it's hard to replace Adams or McKinney. So I don't know. I don't know who it's like to replace Musa. You put him Busio, but I don't know. I mean, he is the fourth. The question was the fourth, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> San Diego, do you have an opinion on this? I will go with Busio too. Um, he uh, he's gonna continue getting better, mm-hmm. uh, get more experience, and he hasn't played a lot of games with the national team, uh, so he's gonna he's gonna continue growing and learning and figuring things out. Um, he has a lot of potential. Uh, he's one of the players like, uh, I, and I don't know if this happened to to you Phil but uh like seeing him like when he was in USL then uh, going through that progression of sporting KC now he went to Italy he's with the national team uh, I I love seeing that progression and uh it's a player that I really would like to see uh, succeed and be great for the national team he's absolutely a product product of his environment right like watching him come through USL you're, I mean that's nailed it on the head Busio is what he's always been, right? And mm. I think he's progressing into something better with Venezia. And when he goes into a USMNT camp, he's more uh, chippy and bitey than anywhere else I've ever seen him defensively. And he's still not good enough, right? I think someone posted something about zero tackles, zero duels in the first half. That's unacceptable with the national team against Jamaica. I'm sorry. That's just not okay. That's never okay against any opponent. That's not okay. Um, and so I, I think my answer in this would be, it's totally based on what scenario, right? And so I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to go on this rant. And before I do, I want to make sure that we all know Lou boys, SC podcast is the one who asked this question. So sorry okay. to put you on the spot there, Justin. Um, Good, also, <laughs> also those guys, awesome work. If you want to hear the, an interview with a USL player who's played for St. Louis FC, I'm always so excited with whatever guests they bring up every week. So make sure you give those guys a listen. Um, But I'm sorry, I'm going to dig in real deep and I'll go as fast as I can here. If you want someone who's going to replace Musa specifically, Luca De La Torre is your guy, right? You want someone who's going to take the ball, turn around and dribble toward goal, be able to hold the ball in, in ugly situations. You want Luca De La Torre. Now he doesn't have the defensive bite that Musa has. So he's, he's, uh, 
Um, definitely a plan B situation if Musa's out, right? Um, if McKenney's out, that's a massive loss because then, you know, we all we all saw that Busio doesn't make runs that McKenney runs. The runs weren't there out of the midfield mm-hmm. into the final, um, into the box, into the final third. Those late arriving runs that Wea is always looking for that late arriving run for those cutback passes, which is my favorite play in soccer because it's almost always on if you're willing to look for it. Um, and the midfield makes the run, of course. Um, so if McKenney's gone. I met, I heard someone recently, and this is a little bit like overthinking it, but I'm sorry if Reyna's healthy and so is Pulisic slash Aronson and so is Reyna and Wea. you throw two of those guys on the wing and then you throw Reyna or Aronson in as a 10 in the midfield because those guys are going to be something special in the final third and that's just something that Busio is not going to be. Busio had a couple great rips, right? I mean, hmm. he made a, one or two runs that I really love, but mostly he's going to pass the ball around. He's going to recycle the ball. And I'm not sure what scenario that's going to be good for. It's looked good in the past. That's something I haven't thought through personally. But if we're playing someone where it's an open game, Musa's out, Luca de la Torre. Uh, Tyler Adams is out. Acosta's the go-to typically, and he can serve a defensive role in that way. I would also like to see Jake, our boy Tommy Atkinson hates this player. Uh, <laughs> James Sands did not look good as an eight with a back five or back three. He looks bad, and I never want to see him do that again. I also don't think I want to see him in a back four ever again. But if he can ever play as a six slash the center center back in a back three, I think he was good at that. In the one game he got to play, I thought he was fine. And if we start losing faith in Acosta, I think the next man up needs to be Sands. And I think people are going to hate that. But I'm very confident that that's probably the answer. It may look weird. Um, It may not be our first or second choice. But I do think if those two are out, that's, that's what we do. Situational. Is that too much? That's all I had to say. I hope I got it. I hope I got it through quickly. Anyone want to make any last comments before Santi uh, takes us out today? Santiago, what do you think, man? What do you think about these games? What do you think about St. Louis, the men's national team? I know next week we're going to have a St. Louis SC-centric podcast, and we're going to talk about St. Louis Scott Gallagher in that game that happened. We're going to talk about SLU, who's on a tear. It is so cool to see what SLU is doing. Santiago, any last thoughts? Uh, no, um, when you talk up St. Louis, uh, when you talk uh, SLU and uh, CDSC and uh, Scott Gallagher, I was like, I was thinking like last weekend there was a lot of soccer in St. Louis. Like two academies play each other. Then you had SLU, um, St. Louis. Uh, like people, like yeah, like St. Louis calls itself a soccer capital, but people outside of St. Louis don't see it that way. But I think. 2023 when when we get our own team uh, people will start seeing that from the outside too uh but no um great week uh for the u.s national team um i think they're in great shape in the great shape in the qualifiers and um hoping hoping for better luck for uh, my own uh team hopefully colombia will figure things out <laughs> Wish you luck too in that way, man. I, I enjoy watching them. Um, 
I, I got to call, I was, we were, I was very drunk and I happened to be in Europe when um, Colombia was playing in the world cup, maybe against England. I forget who they were playing, but England. it was a set piece. Yeah. It was a set piece. And I just stood up and I pointed at Mina and I said, oh, no. they're going to kick it to Mina and it's going to be a goal. I called it and it happened. So nice. maybe that could be your good luck charm in the future here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe when we play Argentina, in january or february you have to watch it with me and call one of those plays i would love that that would be a lot of fun you got to serve me lots of beer and and <laughs> i'll uh, i'll probably do something like that whether it's smart or not um that's it for us guys i hope you enjoyed this u.s national team um centric podcast with all of our our uh, co-hosts here tonight um if you didn't like it DMs are open, folks. I love critique. I truly do. As long as it's uh, try to be friendly. I appreciate that. Um, but otherwise, we're going to keep doing these from time to time. And um, yeah, I hope you like them. And again, we're coming back hopefully next week with another St. Louis centric podcast. So come back for that one. Thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.